0: back to it, Fitzy and Hart on WEEI.
1: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: Just after high noon on a holiday week Tuesday here on the Midday Show, hosted by Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. And if it's a nooner on a Tuesday, that means it's Tom E. Curran time. Tommy Curran, who's about to join us on the Harbor One Hotline, is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1 800 Get Hair, and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Hello, how are you, Tommy? Happy holidays. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was a great day. Nice, relaxing day. We had a couple of uh, nice ribeyes and uh, nice presents. We had a nice day. It was nice. All right, so it was nice. It was nice. That's good. I like the the fact that it was nice. And I was going to ask you, because if I remember when you and I did the Midday Show, either last year or two years ago, you're a Christmas steaks kind of guy. Absolutely, yeah. We actually became a Thanksgiving steaks family this year, and we're never going back. Wow. Wow, Andy, he's pivoted. He's made the pivot. Goodbye, Christmas ham. Fare thee well, Thanksgiving turkey. It's big stakes at the current house. I like that, Tom. Yeah, you have to have something to commit to, I think. And then we committed to the stakes, and we're going to go there every
3: single time. They're going to be nice. They're going to be high end. We're going to spend a little bit extra on them, and we're going to cook them up right nice.
4: Speaking Attaboy. of committing, how committed is Bill Belichick to Matt Patricia as the offensive coach of this
2: team? <laughs> Great pivot.
4: <laughs> well, keeps trotting them out there.
3: Yeah. Uh. And there is no end in sight in terms of 2022. Um, Obviously, as we look towards 2023, it's blatantly obvious that the Matt Patricia as offensive coach has failed, as lead offensive coach. Um, Obviously, the speculation continues to be that Bill O'Brien will be brought in. Um, Folks who are knowledgeable in this that I reached out to in the last couple of days who would have insight. I said, would Bill want Bill O'Brien? Because that question's really not been asked. There's a perception that, hey, it's a done deal, and Bill, of course, Bill would want him back. Um, but I asked, and the individual said, absolutely. And they said, I'm surprised if it's not in the works or a done deal already. So to me, all the conversations that we've had about Bill O'Brien in the media and in the fan base. Um, Behind the scenes, there's an expectation from people who know more than us and know the relationships better that, yeah, that's, that's probably going to happen.
2: So basically that just validates the idea that Bill Belichick didn't want to upset the apple cart of the agreement between O'Brien, Saban, and between himself and Saban, do the gentleman's thing and honor the contract Bill O'Brien sign, sign, Bill O'Brien signed, thereby stop making Matt Patricia a stopgap. Uh, but I just, you know, Tom, I keep going back to all the same things on the t shirts and the posters and in social media, you know, do your job and ignore the noise and best interest of the football team. How the hell is everything Matt Patricia's done this year, quote unquote, in the best interest of the football team?
3: I think that Bill overestimated his ability and the way this collaboration would work. I think he overestimated Joe Judge and Matt Patricia's acumen and the ease with which they'd moved to the offensive side of the ball. I think he overestimated how easily Mac would transition. I think he totally underestimated not only what Josh McDaniels brought to the team and the franchise on a day-to-day, day-in and day-out basis in organizing that offense and leading that group and innovating, but he also underestimated the rest of the NFL and his ability to outsmart, outthink, outflank them. And I think that's a little bit of an issue that Bill has been confronting more and more over the last few years. Things happen that we, there are decisions made that should be blatantly obvious that it's probably not a great idea. And then when it blows up, we're like, huh. And Bill's more surprised than anybody. Again, whether it's Malcolm Butler, not playing in the Super Bowl or not understanding that Tom Brady was on the cusp of leaving or that you're going to piss him off by continuing to to monkey around with a contract that he clearly has made obvious he wants to, to have. Um, and then being surprised when he leaves. Or this year, he is surprised at these outcomes in a way that is mystifying, and it only speaks to he either overestimated himself or underestimated the
4: competition. So hopefully that sucks. So just pursuing that a little bit deeper, because Robert Kraft brought that up when I think he was defending the coaching staff this spring and said, Bill's got a pretty good track record. But I would say the law of averages maybe have swung the other way in those decisions in recent years. Do you think that's all it is, law of averages? Or is Bill not as good making these tough decisions as he maybe was earlier in his tenure? I don't think it's the law of averages. I think there's a great confidence
3: that grows from being able to do what you've done as a head coach. And he should have confidence. I mean, nobody's done what he's done. Nobody knows more football than Bill Belichick. But I think it's the leadership aspects and the ma- ma- the management aspects, which have become an issue. It's not the football. It's not the the evaluation necessarily. Um, it's believing that, hey, I, I'm going to try this. I think it'll work. Or the guys will respond to this because I'm here and they always do, and what else are they going to do? Are they going to go open a garage? No, they're going to do what I ask them to do. But you had so many lieutenants helping you with that. You had Ernie Adams. You had Dante Skarniecki. You had Dante Hightower. You had Patrick Chung, James Devlin, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, James White. And they've all gone. Additionally, those have all gone, and so have the coaches who were helping. Uh, Bo Hardigree's not headed to Canton, but he was helpful (laughs) on the offensive side of the ball. All those guys go out at once. Of course it's going to be worse. But to see it happening and then say, well, why don't I just put Matt there? It's like putting, you know, a tiny cork to try and stop the Johnstown Flood. I've been reading David McCullough's book on the
2: Johnstown Flood. It's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, I am a David McCullough fan. What's your favorite day? I I thought 1776. I liked them all, actually. Ben Franklin, the Adams books. They're all great, Tom. The Panama Canal one's good. Ooh. I'll get into that. I got some... Oh, actually, no, I'm too busy arguing with Andy on the middays to be able to get into a David McCullough book this week. But uh, I'll give it a shot come the new year. That's one of my resolutions for 2023 to read a little bit more. Tommy Curran joins us on the Harbor One Hotline from NBCSportsBoston.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Tom E Curran. Tom, I just want to get into the weeds of last Sunday's game a little bit before we look to game Game 16, Week 17, against whoever is under center for Miami. Which surprised you more, the Patriots... Pathetic defense and inability to stop the Bengals in the first half or the fact that they were able to mount a comeback and almost win a game against the Bengals team that clearly dominated them the first 30 minutes of football?
3: The former. I was stunned that they could come out after a game in Las Vegas when they spent the week as the NFL's laughingstock for the way they didn't execute and then come out and just be that ill-prepared for the Cincinnati Bengals defensively be that ill-prepared offensively, and I just asked Matt Patricia about it um, directly, what happened on those first two third downs, and don't beat around the bush, and he still beat around the bush. Um, <laughs> but that was – it wasn't a Wildcat strike, but it was a vote of no confidence that we're even going to be able to be in this game. They got steamrolled. And to get back in the game and to have a final score of 22-18, let's be realistic, really realistic – they dropped that touchdown pass that hit a guy's hands, and then they missed the field goal. They fumbled. Jamar chased it. Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, hit Marcus Jones between the two and the five on a miscommunication, and he returned it for a touchdown. hell of a run back. And there was a ricochet off a guy named Scotty Washington on a third and 29 for a touchdown. So almost came back to win, or Cincinnati – Lost interest as a cat does with a little mole that it's whacking around in the front yard and walks away and then says, Oh, that thing almost ran away. Now it's time to kill it. And that's what happened. I, I just, it's that to me is for, you know, we did last night BST, and one of the questions that we were going to entertain was, Are you encouraged by the Patriots' second half performance? And no, it was so luck based that you can't be. There's got to be execution. Unless you really are a horrible team and you get giddy about those wild plays as if they're that hard to imagine that they could succeed and execute that, okay, let's set off the confetti cannons for a wild
4: play. Yeah, we're on the same page. I, I, uh, I, I thought yeah. the Bengals maybe called their wives and kids at halftime and were like, "Good news, we're killing them. We may be home even sooner to open presents and drink beer." Right? Yeah, uh, it, it was
2: the Shannon Sharp phone call from yeah. 1998. Tom,
4: they they packed yeah. it in and were ready for Christmas Eve to begin and Christmas Day to begin. Uh, Tom, simple question: Is Mac Jones a dirty football player? He's petulant out there. I mean, yeah, he does dirty things. Yeah. He does. He it, does
3: dirty things. He does, he does competitive snide, snarky little things that he's going to have to get out of his game because he's, he's, you know, trending towards Draymond. I mean, the nut kick to me, just run that back. That was so intentional. And there is a time when someone slides where their butt is moving across the field, and as a result, momentum is going to make your feet go up. But you watch that. Richard kick against the Chicago Bears, and it's so clear he raised his foot Yep, to try and hit that guy. I mean, his foot's three feet off the ground. And if you want to slow Eli Apple down, give him a hip check, bump into him. If you don't want to get hit at all, veer off. But a rolling block at a guy going full speed, you know it, I know it, we all know it, and he knows mm-hmm. it too. It's a dirty
2: play. It's yeah, a dirty no. play.
3: It's competitive, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, but it's it's dirty yeah and he's starting to earn the reputation tom and eventually this is going to come
5: he has (laughs) already he owns (laughs) it
2: he has completely earned this reputation now so much so that a caller earlier said we should stop calling him mac jones and start calling him McEnroe jones for his petulant behavior the histrionics and the antics and you got former players telling him to knock it off edelman's and the will forks and you know he's f-bombs on national tv now he's cheap shotting guys like it's been just a horrible 2022 for Mac Jones, and I don't think there's anyone who's looking forward to 2023 more than Mac, mostly just because he needs to put 2022 proverbially in his rearview. view. And uh, I ask you this as we get uh, close to wrap-up time here with you. My last question, 2023, we're looking ahead. We'll play one of those radio games. What is the New Year's sports resolution or the biggest sports wish for Tom E. Curran headed into the new year? Oh, boy. This is the last question. <laughs> um,
3: you know, honestly, it's it's try to continue to be as analytical but not snide and snarky about the teams, and I think that that's one of the things. And I put out a poll on Twitter, and it really amplifies what we're watching right now. Is the Patriots are on the cusp of the playoffs, and there's a large segment, forty three percent of the people responding to my poll don't want the Patriots to make the playoffs because they don't feel they deserve it. And wow, wait, I, I'm wait. looking at, it and there's like 4,000 people have answered already.
6: Mm.
3: And I just don't want to be there next year. And I don't want, I love being right. I love being able to say, yeah, I knew it was going to be bad with Patricia and judge. I knew Mac Jones resiliency would be tested. I talked about it. I wrote about it. Here, look at these stories. It's fun to be right but you don't want to be satisfied or self-satisfied and smug with the results. And uh, I want to en- enjoy a good product. So hopefully the arc starts to go the other way so we can say, Hey, this was a good thing. And that was a good thing because the good things in 2022 that the Patriots had, and there were plenty of them from Uche to some of the draft picks to Judon. Um, they've all been overshadowed because the product's been so good for so long that it's hard for us to get our brains around a, uh, a really inept product.
2: Fair point, Tom. Fair point indeed. I'm sure we could do this all day, but we got to let you go because we got to pay the okay. bills, and that's the spot, and that's our time. Uh, I always enjoy a chance to chat with you at the stadium, on the radio. I am always make sure to tune into your Tuesday spots and the Thursdays as well. It's great appointment radio, and you do bring some insight, analysis, and perspective that no one else does in town. So keep up the great work on the TV, the podcast, and beyond, Tommy, and we'll see you next year, okay? All right, 50. See you, see you Drew. See you. Tom E. Curran from NBC Sports Boston, as he does every Tuesday at high noon, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. couple nice little nuggets in there I think that we could uh, unpack and bandy about when we return. Hey, Andrew?
4: Absolutely, and it starts with Bob.
2: It starts with Bob. If we might be getting rid of a fob and bringing in a bob. Yeah, i love to hear it. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Stay on the line, everybody. We'll get to you. We'll get to Tommy Curran's insight and more right after Bridget Prue trends.
0: Your home of the Sox. Now, here's What's Trending on WEI.
7: Trending now on WEI and WEI.com, the NFL is reviewing a hit by Mac Jones on Eli Apple late in Saturday's game against the Bengals for being a dirty hit. Up next for the Patriots, a 1 p.m. kickoff against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Their quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa is back in concussion protocol. And Miami coach Mike McDaniel has yet to name a starting quarterback for Sunday's game at Gillette. Tua is considered questionable, and the Dolphins' backup, Teddy Bridgewater, will be taking first-team reps on offense while Tua is sidelines. Around the NFL, the Chargers have clinched a playoff berth after a 20-3 victory over the Colts. On Monday Night Football, and the Broncos have fired their head coach Nathaniel Hackett after a four and three start to the season. And breaking, three-time Defensive Player of the Year J.J. Watt has announced this will be his final NFL season. The Celtics host the Rockets at 7:30 at the Garden. The Bruins play tonight at seven in Ottawa in their first of a back-to-back on the road. They'll also play tomorrow at 7:30 against the New Jersey Devils. That's what's turning now on Wei and Wei.com. Is that time-
0: Fitzy and Heart on WEEI. WEEI.
7: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston
1: Sports Original everywhere you go.
2: right some new age jazzercise music to get us pumped up for our number three here on fitzy and heart middays on weei we just had a fantastic interview as always with tommy curran from nbc sports boston joining the program some interesting insight as always some nuggets and hardly a bombshell considering that it was a couple of days ago that nfl network first put out there chumming the waters of discord discourse, discourse uh, and and discussion andrew that uh Bill O'Brien was indeed a strong possibility. Uh, Tommy Curran now pretty much saying um, it's not just on the table, like it's almost kind of a done deal. Does that catch you off guard or is that just confirm what you've been hoping and believing for?
4: Yeah, no. And and I trust Tom more than I trust crapsheet. So I think there's more validity. I think crapsheet was chumming the water with speculation. Uh, I think Tom said he talked to somebody, and I believe it when Tom says Several he Several people, to he said, so, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it made sense. I think we had come to accept the whole two-year contract, you know, the inner workings of the Belichickian Sabin world thing. Um, now, I do think it'll come after the season, and I think there probably hasn't even really been communication yet. Um, now, there is always the wild card. Does Billy O'Brien get any sniffs for head coaching jobs anywhere at any point um, would be the one
2: caveat. What are you laughing at? I was just like, like, I, it wasn't just like, does he get, not, not like bites or offers or anything, there's sniffs. Yeah, sniffs. Sniff. Yeah, they a sniff, little sniff whiff, around him. Little, a little sniff and a whiff. Wh- okay. And All I right, don't
4: think fine. that'll happen, because one of the dirty little secrets is uh, a lot of the fan base and people in Alabama want him gone, or not overly They do. check any message yeah. board.
2: Well, first, here, let's give you, just in case you missed it, uh, and if you did, you can always go back and capture the entire interview. Uh, you can listen to it if you subscribe to the podcast here at WEI or use the Odyssey app. Just use the Rewind feature. Download Odyssey, A D A C Y today. Here is Tom's answer to the idea, uh, to the pose by Andy, about Billy O'Brien returning to the Patriots.
3: Obviously, as we look towards 2023, it's blatantly obvious that the Matt Patricia as offensive coach has failed. As lead offensive coach. Obviously, the speculation continues to be that Bill O'Brien will be brought in. Um, folks who are knowledgeable in this that I reached out to in the last couple of days who would have insight, I said, would Bill want Bill O'Brien? Because that question's really not been asked. There's a perception that, hey, it's a done deal, and Bill, of course, Bill would want him back. But I asked, and the individual said, absolutely. And they said, I'm surprised if it's not in the works or a done deal already. So to me, all the conversations that we've had about Bill O'Brien in the media and in the fan base Behind the scenes, there's an expectation from people who know more than us and know the relationships better that yeah, that's that's probably gonna happen.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is still not a report that, you know, Bill has reached out, Billy O has reached out, the sides are already kind of talking. This is
2: still, you know, feels like a little bit of a someone in the know knows. Probably gonna happen is like you start you won't you don't say things like that with the reputation that a guy like Tommy does have without kinda knowing right. or having been told like he trusts it.
4: Mm-hmm. He trusts it. So I trust that in him trusting it, again, more than I trust the crapsheet report that I think was I trust just him. out there.
2: I trust him. I trust you. Trust him. He trusts his sources. We have a circle of trust right here.
4: Circle of trust that we have here. And it's good news. I think this is a this is a late Christmas present or, or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it for Patriots fans because, no, it, it, it's not the be-all, end-all. You still have talent questions. You still have a lot of other questions. But I think well, if I, you, I, cross, you cross cross off... The offensive coaching question and just get Billy O'Brien in here come January whatever to start the process with Mac Jones on and off the field. The relationship, the offense, the RPOs, the the blending of the Patriot way and the Alabama way and all of that. That's a huge first step towards 2023.
2: Roll Pats, roll baby. Billy O'Brien's final responsibilities for the Alabama Crimson Tide take place at noon nooner. On New Year's Eve in the Superdome in New Orleans, the Caesars Superdome, as it's been sponsored and renamed, as number five, Alabama, takes on number nine, Kansas State, a Kansas State team that upset number three, TCU, who will later that day be playing in the college football championship semifinals against Michigan. Go blue. That's a pretty good Kansas State team right there. They can score the football. It'll be interesting to see if Billy O'Brien kind of puts on. Tries to get the best out of Bryce Young and puts on a little bit of a show. Considering there'll probably be a lot more eyes, probably a lot in New England, Andy watching that game with more interest. Real quick before we go back to the phones, because once again they done loaded up with Pats fans. I ask you this: Any chance in the world? Just, just for, you know, here we are. It's that week, Andy. This is the S and Giggles week here on Sports Radio. Yep. I'm any giggled. chance in the world, Bill O'Brien goes to Bill Belichick and says like. Appreciate Mac teaching me the playbook. Let's get Bryce Young. Uh, well, how are you going to do that? Do you think he – how early in the draft is he going to go? I think his stock has fallen a little bit that maybe in the middle of the first round he could be had again. Why not? Hey, let's play the middle of the first round Alabama quarterback game again. I'm also not sure if Bryce
4: Young wants Bill O'Brien because I think Bryce Young felt better before Bill O'Brien. Like, there's a lot to um, – I mean, they had success obviously last year, but the the evolution of that relationship I'd be intrigued by. Um, no, I, I personally think that's a mistake. Uh, you know, I know the Josh Rosen, I guess Kyler Murray thing worked for the Cardinals. I just, you're setting yourself back. I don't love it because now you've, you've wasted that pick. You've wasted right. the Mac pick w- regardless of what happens with Bryce Jones. You're down a first round pick that should be contributing at a high level to your team for a five to 10 year span. And Do we know Bryce Young is better than Mac Jones? Like, Mac Jones has accomplished more as an NFL player than Bryce Young, obviously, because Bryce Young's never had the chance, but Mac Jones was a Pro Bowl rookie quarterback who, again, a year ago, before Matt Patricia arrived, people thought he was a surefire franchise QB. Is this the Josh Rosen
2: Kyler Murray thing all over again? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, it's great. It worked for them, but did it? They've won nothing. Kind of. If I can be... Honest, kind of, sort of, not really. Yeah, exactly. Kyler's hurt now. Cliff is probably out, and that franchise is in complete disarray. Oh, and also, mildly breaking news. It's been out there for an hour, but the defense of the Arizona Cardinals is going to get a little less strong up front because Justin James Watt... Uh, JJ Watt will be retiring from the NFL at the tail end of the season. Not exactly the most glorious way for one of the better defensive linemen of the last twenty five years to have to call it a career. Eddie, well, his team has petered
4: out. He's actually had a pretty
2: good year. He's not what he once was, but he's He's been a disruptive guy. Yeah,
4: Yeah. he, um, I mean, seeing Canton in five years, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was, you know, Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald and the Defensive Player of the Years and all that. Uh, so good for him had a nice career would have been yeah you're right it's not exactly john elway calling it a career after a uh,
2: super bowl victory but yeah um it's like hey lost to tom brady on christmas night by three points had a great game good night everybody i played in a game in which <laughs> mcsorley was the quarterback oh my god <laughs> you know it's funny and uh and i'll get to the phones in just one second but the funny thing is five years ago andy if J.J. Watt was retiring, our conversation right now, if we were hosting the Midday Show five years ago, the conversation you and I would be having would be, how does Belichick get him to come out of retirement and play for him and chase a ring one more year next year?
4: Oh, yeah, those those are conversations you don't have anymore when you're the type of team the Patriots are now. Like, the uh, let's get Barry Sanders. Let's get Calvin Johnson. Let's get Larry Fitzgerald. Let's <laughs> right. get whoever the
2: Let's star. get Otto Graham. Let's right. Get-
4: Whoever the Hall of Fame caliber didn't win player is come play for us. Yeah, no, you're not getting those anymore. Good luck.
2: Uh, Back to the phones we go. Uh, Let's see. Okay, interesting take. Tony in Bridgewater. Hello, friend. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'll get to you one sec, bitch. But Andy,
6: you're growing on me. When when you first came on the radio,
2: when you first came on the
6: radio, what a compliment. I'm growing on you. No, seriously. When when you first came on, I thought you were a little pompous and stuff. But you you really grown. up. I, mean, I think you need a spot there on the radio. Full I was going to say, Tony. Now, Tony, now you
4: now. should know I'm pompous. You didn't just think it. You know nah, I'm pompous. Nah, <laughs> y'all.
6: You're a you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Thanks, 50, Tony. You you got to get off. You got to get off the lazy narrative about Patricia. Okay, like
2: what? what forget that last. I, play. No, Tony. What, first what, and foremost, I see. I, Andy and I have been saying it's I'm really not trying to, like, you know, kick the proverbial dead horse here. Andy and I have been saying the person that deserves the most blame players play the game. And Bill Belichick is the one who made the decision. So he said, I want that smoke. I'm here for all the criticism, the blame, et cetera. So I don't kick around Patricia as much. I'm not the guy wearing a Patricia clown T-shirt or putting out stupid graphics. He's an easy target, but let me tell you something. I'm watching
6: the game with the Raiders there. Wait, were you at the game? Was it you that was at the game? Yes. The, uh, I.
2: Part of me will never be the same after that game. Yes, I was okay. there.
6: Okay. You remember Smith wide open in the end zone to the far right? Mac Jones missed him by about 10 feet wide open in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Like, everyone forgets that, and they just go back to the last play of the game. Okay? The players deserve uh, uh, most of this stuff. And Mac Jones, I want to like the guy. I see some stuff sometime, but I'm off the Mac Jones bandwagon here. This guy, uh, he, he's constantly blaming somebody for something. I could hear it in between his little squeaks and his little excuses, and we'll try better and do this. It's the same thing every week. It's Groundhog Day with that guy, and even in his press conferences, it's Groundhog Day. I'm off. To, I'm off the Mac Jones bandwagon.
2: So even if, even if, the, and Tony, I appreciate the call very much. Thanks, and you and know, the compliment. I, yeah, well, yeah, the compliment <laughs> for you and the criticism for me. I know those it's are your a good call right f- there. Caller of the day, Tony, crapped on Fitzy and paid tribute to Heart, Andy's favorite. Good radio in the third hour here on what are we? Poops and giggles, <laughs> S and giggles. <laughs> uh yeah, I know. I see. That's the thing. It would be easy to just continue to deride or criticize. Matt Patricia look the play calling is not good enough like we don't even need to continue to revisit that criticism like that's out there like it's there's going to be a change at play caller otherwise there will likely be a change at head coach or just overall in the Patriots uh, organizational regime and I'm sure Robert Kraft would have to make a decision like that tough as it would be but I, I think everybody knows Bill Belichick will not put his loyalty and friendship to Matt Patricia ahead of being able to coach the New England Patriots to the most victories of all time over Don Shula or the job that he makes 20-some-odd million dollars a year in every year where his kids also work with him. Like, that's going to happen. But it's not fun to make fun of Matt Patricia. He's a perfectly nice guy. We've all met him or interviewed him or been around. Like, he's a good guy. He's smart. He knows football. It's just he's not good at this particular job. Correct. But now I that's don't know. All? That, it, it's as simple as that. But I don't know if Bill has a blind
4: spot for Matt Patricia. Uh, that to a point where to his own personal and professional detriment? Captain goes down with the ship kind of thing. I have no idea. Oh, come on. I have no idea where how deep his loyalties lie because I'm questioning it. Because I have no reason to believe there is there shouldn't have been a change to Nick Cayley at some point over the last month or so.
2: Or how about Matt Patricia showing a little bit of, you know, humility and no nobility and saying, like, uh, Bill, you know what? I'll even spare you. Like, I'll come out and be like, Yeah. I tried. I did my best. Um, There were obviously better fits in the game of football for me. Yeah, it's about eight months
4: too late for that. He should have done that when he arrived with the idea, not now.
2: (laughs) We'll just go ahead and follow that call up with another one, another big McCorkle Jones fan. Pat's out in Sudbury. How are you, Pat?
6: Guys, I don't know what it is with Mac Jones, but everybody he talks about is his buddy. Whether it's the linebacker or it's the running back or it's the wide receiver yeah he's my buddy why does he have to tell us that he's his buddy i mean this guy is just i don't know he's just strange
4: uh there's probably some truth to that i've I've said all along he kind of rubs me the wrong way that that i just i'm not on the same wavelength of him um and I I honestly don't know exactly what it is. Like I listen to him, and it sounds like I'm kind of like the caller. Like his interviews over the last year and a half on our radio station more often than not have annoyed me or rubbed me the wrong way. Like I didn't connect with him as a listener.
2: Yes, hello. Like like there's there's been nothing to it. Patty no. still Patty still there? No, Pat dropped Pat's off. Gone. Thank you for the call, Pat. Um, ah, you know I remember when Stidham did a an interview. It was me, Keith, and Danielle doing the morning show one day, and Started off perfectly nice. This was before, of course, the Stidham, the mystery Stidham injury, which allowed the door to open up for Cam Newton in 20, the summer of 2020. Um, and, I, and like he had a chance to like put himself out there, display some personality. Patriots fans were in free fall. They were like emotionally torn because of everything that had gone on with Brady leaving and it's COVID. And Stidham came on and was so unbelievably vanilla, and he just like was just so milk toast just like oh like what do you love to watch oh i like marvel movies what's your favorite uh oh, you know like i like them all like oh please don't do that it's like last year when mac jones would say like i don't really have a favorite christmas carol i don't really have a favorite kind of cookie right i don't really have a favorite anything like you have a personality and like allow he us to not. embrace it or hate it he might not i'm not
4: sure he has a personality I, I'm not sure about that. He has anything outside of football. He lets Sophie pick his pajamas, and Sophie picks the tree, and Sophie picks this, and Sophie tells him what to do. And I well, think does
2: Mrs. Hart pick your pajamas and pick your, some of your things as well?
4: Sometimes, but I think there are certain people who like that, like are so focused on either their career or for him, like his career, his team, football, the sport, his passion, and doesn't really care to have much of. Remember the stories out of Alabama, like. He would go coach the like powder puff football team and take it way too seriously. Like, that's he's a passionate football guy. I believe that. I'm not sure he has a personality. I would also say the personality thing that rubs me the wrong way or Pat or anybody else would be irrelevant if he had 46 touchdown passes. We wouldn't, he, damn it, he's our quarterback with no personality and gosh, I love him. You know what I mean? Like, the performance sways how you interpret his lack of personality, right? Like Belichick, Mm -hmm. been an A-hole for 20 years, but he was our A-hole, our winning A-hole, our championship caliber A-hole, right? So you you interpret personalities and
2: what you think of people Mm -hmm. through the success or joy they bring you. Exactly. And we tolerated it. We felt like you said, the Foxborough frauds, the fraud squad. We we celebrated it. We bathed in it. We were all yep. about, like, look at the way Belichick is such a jerk with all the media, whatever. Then you get to know the media, and you're like, they don't really deserve that. No. Like, the Giardis and Mike the Grease. Reese's and the Perry's are really nice people. Andy Hart might deserve it, but
4: you're
0: crapping okay, on right. Mike You
2: Grease. absolutely deserve it, 100%. You deserve to be on the Foxborough firing squad all the time. I agree. The rest of them, not so much. And then, of course, when the results aren't there to back it up as well, it goes from like, look at Belichick dominating the NFL while dressing like someone who's residentially challenged to, Bill, what's going on? Patricia on top of it all? One more call before we catch a break, Andy. They just keep racking and stacking at 617-779-7937. John is in Northboro. Hello, John. What up, boys? How we doing? Super. How are you, guy? I'm all right. I'm right. You know, a couple quick
1: points. Well, first one, uh, Matt Jones has quickly become the Grayson Allen of the NFL. Um, th- th- that's my take on it. He, he's, I don't know, he's this little cheap little whiny kid. Walk, you know, whenever he can get a cheap shot in, that he just never seems to miss them. Um, you know. The, secondly, with the Pats, I think, you know, the, the problem I think is they're mediocre everywhere on offense the the line is mediocre the quarterback's mediocre the receivers the tight end and we've got a you know the defense has been pretty solid all year but unless you have a real good tight end or a real good quarterback or a real good you know top offensive line i think it's really hard to be win consistently and and be you know competitive in in a in a super bowl uh, you know playoff kind of Uh, position otherwise you're just you know you're the you know you're the the, the mediocre you're in the middle of the pack picking the 18th every year in the draft
2: yeah I mean there were years before though where there was mediocre-ish talent uh, maybe a couple of a couple of greater players but you always had Tom Brady who was able to elevate the gameplay of others and there's no one elevating them right now now, John that's the problem and
1: and we look, and I—that's I, the point I would, the counterpoint I would make. We had Tom Brady, the greatest ever, play the game. Now, if we had like Marino was great for years down in Miami. They were always real, real competitive, um, but they never, they never got to another Super Bowl after that. Um, you even had, you know, Detroit. You had Barry Sanders up there, one of the greatest running backs in the history of the game. But everywhere around him, quarterback, with the, quarterback, receivers, tight end, even defensively, they were weak. So I, you know, if we don't get, I mean, look at what, uh, you know, Mahomes in Kansas City. He loses Tyree Kill, but he's still got Kelsey. So you still got a great one-two punch there. Uh, unless we, you know, unless Mac, you know, tips up a level or two next year, and we go out and get a, you know, a Hopkins or, a, you know, a, a, one of those quality, you know, you know, closers, uh, you know, a stud, in, an uh, alpha, T. Team, Higgins, yeah, exactly. All right, yeah, thanks for the call. A good
2: one. Thank you for the call, John. Uh, I, I've come to the, the conclusion. It's very
4: kind of really simple. You either have a top five QB, you have a okay. top five roster, uh-huh. or you're not a contender. Like, I wow. think you can get by with a lower quarterback and a great roster or a great quarterback and a lower roster, but if you're not top five at either quarterback or roster, you're an also-ran. And the Patriots and you put are the two of them together,
2: ran. and then you're and the, then you're in the cream of the crop. And I think we can probably point out. And I'll do this math quickly, Andy. Let's see: Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts MVP candidate, AJ Brown top eight receiver, uh, Kirk Cousins playing pretty well this year, Justin Jefferson best receiver in the NFL uh san francisco well they got mr irrelevant but also they have top three running back top five receiver top five coach top five everything like that's the thing like like, you're just top five top five they have they have a top five they're the one example where you don't have a goat quarterback they've just had uh sammy system or insert gunslinger here and all they've had to do is just operate within the confines and the genius of the system and with that talent and they've succeeded and then you look in the afc same thing trevor lawrence ascending Uh, they don't have they don't have a top five they don't have a top five receiver. They have a system, and Trevor Lawrence well, also is quickly not elevating his game.
4: They're also not a contender. I mean, they're they have a losing record. Like you, they will when Trevor Lawrence reaches his his ceiling. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to ride Trevor Lawrence to contender, re- regardless of whether Zay Jones or Kirk or whoever. You know, they they're putting together their roster still that I think is going to end up being pretty impressive. It looks like they've done some pretty good drafting down there.
2: And they also, Trent Balky who uh, Byron left, which did not want to work with in Jacksonville, which is why they got Doug Peterson, that A, that worked out to their benefit as well. And B, if uh, they, they had an excellent, excellent offseason, some quality acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Scherf, the guard on the line, has been dynamite for them. That's been huge. And Travis Etienne being healthy, uh, who had a red shirt. Yep. Rookie season in the NFL. But I'll tell you, if you're and we'll go to break on this, if you're T Higgins, you come up, you're going to you're going to get paid somewhere to be the next Steph Diggs and go from a number two to a number one receiver. Would you want to come to New England or would you want if the Jacksonville could afford it? Would you want to go there? But
4: you trade for him. Like, I'm not sure Stefan Diggs wanted to go to Buffalo. I'm not sure Buffalo was the the attraction, even mm-hmm. though Josh Allen, he may have thought, you know what, that guy's going to be really good. I do want to pair with him. But maybe T. Higgins looks at Mac Jones and says, an accurate quarterback? I mean, some people were comparing Mac Jones to Joe Burrow, right? There were people Mm -hmm. locally comparing Mac Jones to Joe Burrow, so why not? But I also think if you do it as a trade and then hand the guy the requisite 80 or whatever, $100 million. Of course, he loves yep. New England. Ah, yeah. never. Foxborough's always been one of my favorite places. I remember when I was mossing Marcus Jones on Christmas Eve, I said, This is the kind of place I'd like to play.
2: Couldn't find it on a map prior to being traded here, but it's now my favorite spot exactly. in the entire world. Cha-ching. Where am I? Ching. 617 779 is the telephone number. Fitzy and Hart, middays on WEEI. Fitzy and
0: Hart on WEEI.
2: Boston Sports Original. Just a little over an hour to go here on the midday show on W.E.I., Fitzy and Hart rocking out the middays all week long straight into the new year. And then maybe even actually, no, uh, New Year's Day, we'll be doing the six rings postgame show live for three hours following the conclusion of Fish at Pat's Dolphins at New England's. And then on January 2nd, you and I will be doing the afternoon program. Yes. Possibly even conducting an interview with your new bestie, Ooh, Mac Jones, on a Patriots Monday. Hope here he's WN. not listening. Yeah. I don't like his personality. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully Sophie or uh, any of the uh, besties are not having been listening, but that could make for some awkward radio, whether he'll be on the phone or in person. We will see. Back to the phones we go. My goodness, my gracious. Johnny's in Walpole. He wants to talk about someone else that he actually hopes does stick around for the rebuild here in New England. Hi, Johnny.
5: Hey,
0: what's going on, boys? Hey, you know what? This is the first time I've talked to you guys, and Mac Patricia hasn't ruined my day. <laughs> it's a combination. They both suck. Um, but I digress. Ma'am. Matt Judon is the man. <laughs> and I, I, I feel sad for him because he's just having a monster season. And, like, yesterday, Lawrence Guy is easily the best interview you guys have. He's just a genuinely nice guy. Um, but uh, Matt Judon, how many more years do we have him for?
4: Uh, this is year two. Two so more. two more.
0: Unless they extend okay. him. Okay. Yeah. Without a doubt. Keep him. He's he's a ringer. That He is just... You know, I, I you feel bad for a guy like him who puts it out there every week. And if he's not making a hit, he's getting held. It, it just seems he's one of those guys. He's got that motor. But, yeah, as far as uh, Mac Jones, as I like hit the skids, bring in. you know what we need? We need um, uh, Gardner Minshew. The reason being, because first off, we can call him Gardner, and you know, he'll get sick of that pretty quick up here in New England. But, I mean, anyone who can rock a 70s porn star mustache like that and he's a wingnut, I want him as my quarterback.
2: Listen, Johnny, straight up, last year before the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I was begging the Patriots to trade for Gardner Minshew. I knew he was going to be on the outs in Jacksonville because they had the number one pick. So well before they got to the selection process, well before it was officially announced by Goodell on stage, you knew Trevor Lawrence was going to Jacksonville. He could be had for the right price, and the Eagles end up getting him for a fifth-round pick. It, and it turns out to be a steal. He's more than competent. He's a very good backup quarterback and could turn into a quality starting quarterback. And he had a three and a half touchdown to interception ratio and a high completion percentage when he started in Jacksonville. Like the guy, the Mississippi mud flap can play football. I would have been all on board with that. All right, boys, have a good day. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Johnny. Andy, would you have been in on that, or was that just pure like nonsense conjecture, or just like I mean, obviously for a bridge or a it. backup?
4: Sure, but. To pretend that he's a franchise quarterback, I think, is... uh,
2: Well, okay, but where would the Patriots be? Like, come on, it's talk radio, it's sports radio. Okay, let's do do this. this. Where would the Patriots be right now if instead of drafting Mac Jones, they traded for Gardner... Let's say they traded a fourth and got back a seventh from Jacksonville, something like one of those deals. And you have him as the quarterback and then you use that first round pick on an elite defender or a an elite receiver last last year where would they be how how different would things be now for the patriots
4: probably not all that different right now i mean you'd be a mediocre middling maybe you lose one more game cuz you have a backup quarterback when you face the other backup quarterbacks that you've actually beaten this year but no i i, I don't they've had a terrible year and the quarterback's not been good so it's a drop off in quarterback or equal quarterback play wouldn't really have affected i just Again, I want to get back to, whether it's true or not or if it's him or not, get back to the faith that was had by most last January when you entered an offseason believing you had questions to answer, changes to be made, but you thought you had a franchise quarterback. That's where you need to get back to, right? Like that's how you start the process Mm -hmm. of going from pretender to contender because if you don't have a quarterback – you're not a contender. And I don't think Gardner Minshew is a contending quarterback, right? I mean, you may no, believe it, but you I'm, love him. What's his I name, am the, the Mississippi, Mississippi Mudhound or Mississippi Mississippi Mudflap? Mudflap. What does that even mean? It sounds like I should check Urban Dictionary before I say it on the radio because I'm saying something offensive.
2: No, it's, it's not one of those expressions. I'm like,
4: checking it because be I fair.
2: bet you it's on there. I would never lead you down that road. I would you never set do me up to you. I would never set you up as much. How oh, how dare you even assume or insinuate that I would do would do as much, sir. One last uh quick call before we catch a break and flip the script for the final hour, Fitzing Hart. Arcand and Dondero coming in from two to six today on the afternoon show here on WEI. Kevin's in the truck. What's up, Kevin? Hello, gentlemen. Hope everybody
5: had a Merry Christmas.
2: And to you as well, friend. All
5: right. Listen, I got one issue with um... Well, I've got a couple issues, but that's mostly for my wife. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we <laughs> Yep. So everyone's now accusing Mac Jones to be the Grayson Allen of the NFL. I find it hypocrisy that the people who stopped this are then saying he's a dirty player. When you watch these games, nobody said anything about the linebacker who's trying to sack Mac Jones, lying on the base of his ankle trying to jerk him over backwards with the foot pin or when they get a running back or a wide receiver they roll up on him and then all they're doing is ripping and twisting it at his ankle but somebody else does something they're like I can't believe you do this just play the game zip the lip stop accusing others of what you do it's hypocrisy
4: I agree. It's hypocrisy when Mac Jones flails his hands looking for a fifteen-yard penalty and then undercuts oh. Eli Apple at the knees.
5: I hate the, the waving for the flag. You're not playing well. Put your arms down, and how about you make the correct pass?
4: I like that attitude. But
5: then I would. Well, I'd also flip the script and be like, "Hey, trip Brown, I'm paying you. Right? Mm-hmm. That guy that's half your size. Can you do me a favor? Keep him off my my backside." I mean, there's a whole lot that goes into this. This is just
4: a disintegration of discipline, based upon the
5: offense. Uh, that, that's what
4: it is. That's a great phrase, disintegration of discipline. The story of the post Tom Brady Patriots.
2: Wow, that was well really said. Well, that was very well said. Very, very well said. Thanks for the call, brother. Appreciate it. You have yourself a happy rest of the holiday season. Disintegration uh, of the discipline. Disintegration, uh, is that going to be a headline? Up You're going to rip that. for WEI.com? It's tremendous.
4: It is absolutely. I-, I disagree with some of his early takes on Mac and people rolling up on people and different things like that. But right, the disagreement. Someone getting jerked over. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. By the way, you did set me up. What? It's a dirty. There's like three different dirty meanings of Mississippi mud flap.
2: But then why? Is- why do they call them that?
4: Well, because one of the meanings is um, a, a thick, voluminous mullet. Okay. The others involve all kinds of things I couldn't even (laughs) describe or pretend to talk about on the radio. Like, can't even, there is nothing that I can say in any of those others. You can let your imagination run wild, and you still probably won't necessarily nail it. So,
2: Fitzy, thanks for trying to get me in trouble. Ah, darn. Well, I can't afford to have you get in trouble now, because if you're not here the next couple days, who the hell's going to host Midday? true. It's a ghost ship. Ship. That's ship. Ship. E. S S-H-I- H. Because you can't go either.
4: We're in this together for the next four days, five days, whatever the hell it is. Uh,
2: the disintegration of discipline. Wow, that's a that's a keeper right there. The, by the way, can I also just point out real quick? And I know, it's like, yes, there's been a a high volume, an unexpectedly high volume of calls this week, and obviously people are prodded and provoked <laughs> uh, not only by our stimulating dialogue, but also by the performance of the football team. But the calls have been excellent this week. Yes, yeah, some. A majority of the calls have been. Yes. They, these have we're been also very... encouraging them to continue calling because we're complimenting them. Yes. In. We
4: appreciate the good calls, the passion, the energy, but I would also mm-hmm. say stress and angst and those types of things uh, fuel good sports talk radio callers. The worst time to talk to callers on sports talk radio, in my opinion, is when everything is going well. Right. Notice we haven't talked a lot of Bruins today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, what are you supposed to say about the Bruins? Like they're dominating, oh, right? Yeah, like uh, my my New Year's on my New Year's wish list is like Patrice getting a cup and retiring. Great. Okay. Sure. Like six one seven 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 nine seven. All right. Well, you know what we'll do when we come back. We'll ask Bridget, who is uh, one of our hockey experts, one of the co-hosts of the Skate Pod, excellent hockey writer, in addition to radio producer extraordinaire, if she has any uh, issues, if she has any. Uh, proverbial hairs that she would like to pick at with the Bruins. I highly doubt it. But you know what? Just for the sake of it, we'll ask. And then we'll continue taking calls from angry Patriots fans who are frustrated with their football team in Foxborough. 617-779-7937. Final hour. Midday is Fitzy and hard on a Tuesday. Coming up.